You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera and everything in between, if you have a piece of hunting gear or a piece of hunting equipment that needs a battery, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. You can go to a local retail store. Or you can go visit online at interstatebatteries.com. They have thousands of local retail shops all over the U.S., so you can go there as well. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Woo! One, two. This is the Hunting Gear Podcast, and just like the title implies, we cover all things hunting gear and equipment, from discussions with the top manufacturers to product reviews from past hunting experiences. Our goal is to provide you with reliable and unbiased product information in hopes of educating you on new products and assisting in future purchases. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hunting Gear Podcast. Hopefully, everybody's having a good day, good week, good month, good year. Hunting season is just around the corner. I know that in August, there are certain states that open up, whether it's uh, for antelope or whether it's for uh, an early season velvet deer hunt. A lot of states are getting closer. A lot of guys are getting amped up. And uh, I know that I'm getting fired up for an elk hunt that I got coming up the second week of September. So right now I'm in training mode. I'm in trying to not be so fat mode. I'm in shoot my bow mode and uh, just doing everything that I can to prepare for this hunt. Now, today's podcast, we're going to be talking with two companies that I would say are at the top of the ozone trend that is kind of going through the hunting industry at this time we have but we're going to be talking with buddy piland from ozonics and the ceo of scent crusher dan drake and basically this podcast is about ozone right Um, how it's used in hunting applications and these guys are going to do um, a good job of explaining what ozone is what it does how it reacts in certain scenarios and uh, you know they give their pitch obviously of why you guys should be using it but I've hunted with ozone now personally just just my personal experience here I've hunted with ozone now for a long time Uh, I'm going to say 10 10 years right right at the birth of it is when i got introduced to it and um man it's hard for me to stay biased on something like this when i am a strong believer of it not only for in the field applications but i also uh in out of the field right so when you get home and you uh, use it on your clothes but not only that i also use it for non uh non hunting applications as well let's say like uh, one of my kids leaves a sippy cup in a drawer or in the toy box and it's there for you know a month and it just stinks the whole basement starts to stink when somehow that jar that lid opens up take the ozone apply it to that room and uh, then next thing you know it doesn't smell so bad so uh, I use ozone a lot of different ways throughout my uh, I guess I would call it my scent control regimen and uh so yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a firm believer in it personally, and uh, that's why I wanted to get these two guys on the podcast uh, and just kind of chit chat with us about their companies, about ozone in general, and uh, the way that you guys can use it while 
uh, either in the field or on your clothing outside of the field. So the first person that we talked to is Buddy Piland of Ozonics. When I asked him about company history and how and why the company started. The, the company uh, went public or, or was exposed to the public and, and formed in 2007. We actually had tested prototypes in January of 2007 and, uh, and then introduced it to at a consumer show, the Texas Trophy Hunter Show in Houston, Texas in August of 2007. So that, that was really the genesis of the, the company piece, the idea that eventually led to the creation of a, a portable in-the-field ozone generator and the, the electronic scent control um, market or, or category um, was uh, started in about 2004, um, and then it evolved to the point where we, we had what we thought was a product we could bring to market. And, uh, and so here we are 12 years later um, from, the, from the beginning of the company um, and uh, still going strong. What was that initial reaction when you took that, uh, that piece of technology to that trade show? What was the response that you got from people being educated on the power of ozone the very first time? Well, you know, it's a great question. Uh, and, and it's, it's funny. We had, we, I would just work the Texas trophy hunter show this weekend and I was standing around reminiscing with a couple of guys that are on our team now that weren't around back then. And, and, you know, people walk in the booth now and it's, Oh, Hey, it's ozonic or what's new. Um, or they tell stories about killing deer and using it. But in 2007, of course, nobody, very few people knew what ozone was, and, and certainly in the hunting industry, absolutely no idea. And literally, we're selling an invisible molecule, right, that, that we say destroys odor at a molecular level. So you can't see it happen, right? The, it, so standing in a, in a building and trying to explain to people that you've got this magic box that will produce an, a, a chemical... Um, or, or a molecule that'll destroy your odor and deer won't smell you. We got a lot of funny looks. In, in fact, some people would be amused, but some people would would get angry with you at that point. <laughs> and uh, it, they, you know, like basically, hey, you're selling snake oil, and and don't waste my time. And so it was, uh, it was definitely has been a journey, and uh, and I've been there every step of the way and just watching that understanding evolve. And then, of course, we've got well over 100,000 units in the field and, and killed tens of thousands of deer, you know, hunters have using the unit. And so it's, uh, it's really neat to see where we are now. It was tough in 2007. Right. So as people become educated on it, and you guys have been around long enough to – be a i guess noticeable recognized within uh, the hunting product community right when when you talk about an ozonics people you know when i ask questions about ozonics people don't say what's an ozonics anymore they they give their opinion on it what how has that since you started going all the way up to today has the sell for you guys become easier or is it still the same sell as it was in 2007? No, no, it, it's definitely as, as the hunters, as a, especially archers and, and hunting the community in general, their understanding of electronic scent control and the use of ozone in a hunting application has, has grown. I mean, we've, we've spent 12 years educating the hunter and community and really you can see that that level of education along with other there's been many journalists and other hunters tv shows um and and just again a hundred thousand people that are running around with a unit and and harvesting animals and experiencing the absolutely game-changing and I, i hate to use a buzzword but I tell people everything. Once you understand the technology and how to correctly apply it to your hunting situation, it changes everything. Right. And uh, and so the cell, um, although it, it's it's still sometimes uh, uh, um, depending on the situation can be tough, but for the most part, the the hunters educate themselves and they understand that ozone technology and oxidation technology in the scent control realm 
is legitimate science and clearly the most effective scent control out there. Right, right. So why don't you walk us through, um, you can get as detailed as you want on this, but how does the ozonics unit while in the tree work and what does it do? So the, the first thing we have to create proper context, right? And, and for so many years in the scent control industry, and, 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 and even now, most individuals believe they have to control their odor. Now, while that's not a bad thing, is the reduction of odor on the hunter, it still does nothing for the residual odor released into the downwind airstream through breathing, through sweating, through the constant contamination of your gear, as, as because you're a thermal every one of us is a thermogenic individual, right? We, we, we create heat and in doing so we create bacteria. And what we've come along and done and with ozone technology in the field, ozone technology is so statically and passively, I can use ozone to treat your gear right? and, and destroy odor on it. And that through our dry wash bag or any, or, or any other means similar to that. But in a, in an active environment, I don't have to worry what you smell like or, or what I smell like, all right? I don't have to worry about what clothes, special clothes I'm wearing or not wearing or what special sprays I'm using or not using. What I have to worry about is the odor being released by me or any other hunter into the downwind airstream. If I can control and keep that airspace between me and the downwind animal clean, then it, then I don't, again, I go, I don't have to worry about it. And so, in a tree and open air environment, whether in a tree or, or on the ground, whatever, your your primary job, again, proper application is to determine wonder because that's where I need to dump my ozone. I do not need to dump my ozone on me. I always need to dump the molecules into the downwind airstream because it's like a stream, right? It's, it's where the, where the stream is going where the odor is going, where the ozone is going. And when those begin to mix in that downwind airstream, they, that's where the magic happens. That's where, at a molecular level, these millions and millions of uh, molecules begin to attack your, your bacteria, your odor. And they either destroy it completely or they take the DNA strand and they begin to unravel it and alter it and change it so it's unrecognizable to a downwind animal, or the, uh, it's reduced to the point that, an, that a downwind animal would consider you, might think you're 400 yards away when in reality you're 20 yards away. Right, right. Yeah, I, I have a, a, a thesis or a hypothesis on that, and I call it I th- like scent concentration. And so if a deer smells you, at four feet, he's going to have a different reaction than if he smells you at, you know, 400 yards. And um, I think I think that plays a huge role in whether or not a deer will spook and how far they run and all this, you know, a whole bunch of crazy, crazy things. But um, you're saying that it just dilutes your scent, basically. Well, I'm saying this one of three things happen, right? And one of them happens every time if you're correctly applying it. But one of three things happen. A, some odors destroyed, and in some perfect scenarios, all odors destroyed, and you'll get no reaction from a downwind animal. In other cases, some of the odor is altered, right? You have, you have this giant DNA strand, and human bacteria is made up of all of these different things. Nobody's been able to categorize the olfactory code for human scent. But as soon as an ozone molecule hits it, it changes and modifies that. So when it gets to a deer's nose, he may react, but he may react with curiosity. Like he's, I've never smelled that before. We both know white tails are curious by nature. And, they, and their heads will come up. They'll look around. They're licking their nose. They may even walk towards you. And, and third, the one, the one thing that does happen every time, and what you just alluded to, is the reduction in the scent concentration or the dilution of scent concentration. So again, you reduce the amount of molecules that deer uses his nasal vortex, right? That long nose of his to pull in scent and gauge distance. We, we don't have that capability, but certainly dogs and most other animals can use their nose to gauge distance. And to your, 
um, as you alluded to, I believe animals have safe distances, right? right. You, if in a neighborhood, I got deer come to my back fence and they'll stand there and, and stare at me and, and eat some corn I've thrown out at 40 yards or even at 20 yards with no issue. But I do that same thing in the woods and you walk out and the deer turns around and gets a whiff of you and sees you, they're gone, right? They turn inside out. So they, they all have various safe distances. What you, and, and for instance, we've all seen where you, a farmer or yourself can pull into a field and the deer will be on the other field. You know your wind is blowing straight to them, but at 400 yards, they feel safe, right? They, they know that you're, you're 400 yards away. But if you were to step out at 40 yards and that same scent blows home, they come unglued. Right. So, right. and and that's the one thing you can count on every time is at a minimum, the scent that you're releasing the downwind airstream is being reduced. Gotcha. So, there's a lot of people out there who say, you know, you know what 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 is this what is this unit supposed to do? And we we've covered that a little bit, but you know, to protect the downwind side. Does does a person's hunting strategy have to change or need to change when using a product like this in the tree? Well, so I hunted ducks for many, many years. And, you know, there, there's a, some people who don't duck hunt. They, they think you just go out, you find a puddle, you throw a bunch of decoys out, and you sit down and hunt. But in reality, you got to go out there if, if you if you thought about it and you determine wind direction because that ducks typically if he's going to land in your pond he's going to put the wind in his face um i want to know where the sun's going to come up because if it's not overcast i've got to worry about that sun being in my eyes when i'm trying to shoot at an airborne moving object and and there's different ducks react differently to different spreads so there's a lot of thought that goes into a duck spread now let's let's step over here to deer hunting right you don't just walk into the woods and throw a tree a tree stand up. You walk into the woods. You may scout it through topographic maps. You may do, scout it when you're shed hunting, but you find trails. You find um, natural pinch points, and you find the right tree, and you put your stand up. Hunting with ozone is no different. Once you get in a tree, again, you don't just throw the unit up over your head and, and point it toward where you're hunting, right? But a lot of people still believe that's the – that's the correct application, and it's not. And, and despite not using it correctly, they still have extraordinary results. But, but what happens when you begin to use it correctly, those results, those results compound and become exponentially greater. So you determine wind direction every time, and then you've got to pay attention to the wind. Because, again, the only place I need my ozone going is in the downwind air direction. So if the wind shifts, I need to chase the wind and shift that exposure because, again, that's the only that's where everything is happening. It's not happening on me. It's not happening in any other direction except the direction the wind's going. That's where my odor's going. That's where every bit of my ozone needs to go. So correct application um, is a critical piece. And and as far as changing the way a person hunts, what what it does is it gives them an opportunity to be thoughtful and to push the boundaries that they normally wouldn't push to kill big, big deer consistently. Everybody gets lucky, right? Everybody gets lucky. And sometimes a big deer makes a mistake, but it's rare to kill big deer consistently. You have to take chances, right? You, you've got to, you've got to hunt what I call killer winds. You've got to get in a position that gives the wind to the deer. And, and there, there's no other product that I know of that will give you that opportunity or, or help you push those boundaries further than ozonics. Right. What would you consider this, your product? Is it a safety net? Is it a hunt enhancer? I've always kind of been curious about what an ozonics actually is. Well, I'll tell you what I, what I, this is what I believe in and have said for a long time. Um, anybody that's that's in the hunting community and a lot of people we have, obviously we have the archery trade association you have a lot of hunting shows but when i walk into the archery trade association there are thousands of products right or if i walk into the archery section at cabela's even or bass pro thousands of products and every one of those products will tell you that they're designed to maximize existing opportunity and by that i mean that um 
you can buy a better bow, a faster bow. So when that deer comes out there, your arrow goes to it faster. You can buy a, a better arrow so it penetrates deeper. You can buy a more effective broadhead so when it hits the deer, it bleeds out faster. Very few products create opportunity that didn't exist before. So what I mean by that is that with our product, you can create situations that you would never have ever been able to, to have without it because the animal, because simply the hole you're hunting in, the wind swirls so much that the, the animals won't come in when you're in there because they know you're in there. Um, and so we do, not only do we maximize existing opportunity, now we get that deer who was going to come in anyway, closer, help you make a more ethical shot, help you, help you to turn, get an easier, closer shot numerous things but we also create opportunity that did not exist before right right because now you can hunt places you couldn't hunt before or you can hunt on winds you couldn't hunt before or you can hunt the same stand more times without burning it up and educating your deer yeah okay so let's talk about the price of the products that you guys offer right now, because every time I talk with someone, that's the biggest thing. It's like, Hey man, that's, that's expensive to me. Right. And obviously everybody has a different budget in their life. So, you know, talking when we're talking about a product that's 200, 300, 400 or more dollars, um, why is an Ozonics worth that? So it, it's about it's about value. Every one of us places value on on the items we own or the items we want or the things we do, whether it's our time or money. And in this case, well, I, I'd like to ask a question because I, I mean I have a definitive answer, and I think most people do who love deer hunting or hunting in general. What would you pay to get the buck of your lifetime or to get the elk of your lifetime? Or to get simply get the buck that you're after that year, the one that, that seems the nemesis, the one that seems to figure you out before you figure him out. What would you pay to do that? Every one of us invests in pickup trucks. We invest in feeders. We invest in protein. We invest in in bows. We invest some some arrows nowadays are cost cost dollars a dozen. So if I tell you like we were discussing just a little bit ago, I can give you a product that not only maximizes existing opportunity and gives you and, and creates a situation that you can be more successful in, but I can create, I can give you a product that creates situations where you would never have had the opportunity before. And in my mind, that's priceless, right? It's a, it's an investment, not a spend because you can use it over and over again and it, and it enhances your ability as, as we referenced early to hunt smaller properties more often. It increases the amount of time you can spend in the woods instead of preparing to go into the woods because you, you can't kill anything. You can't hunt or harvest anything preparing to go into the woods. You got to be in the woods to get that to happen. And it reduces the amount of time that you need to spend in preparation. A lot of times. Now, if you have that time, great. A lot of us don't. I got a full-time job. You got a job. We've got a, we've got demands on our time with family. So every minute counts. And the longer I can be in the woods, the happier I am. Right. Okay. So, what would you say? Another another negative thing I hear about ozone technology is that it takes, you know, guys guys always say whatever happened to woodsmanship. You know, it's like this just takes woodsmanship out of the equation. What's your response to that? Well, I mean, it, I guess I guess there's probably a handful of guys that if they said that to me, I would have no response because they live that front to back. They're, they make their own handmade hewn bows from some tree they went out and cut <laughs> and make their own arrows. And, and they're literally stalking with moccasins they made from a deer they killed one time and they got a flint knife. But the rest of the guys, the wood in the ship, you're shooting a, a, a carbon fiber compound bow, you're shooting a, a aluminum wrapped full metal jacket, carbon arrow, you're shooting a titanium broadhead, this machine with a CNC machine and, uh, built on a CAD. You know, so it, it, it philosophically, it has a lot of holes in it, right? Right. And, and I would say this, that if a guy has a problem with, with, you know, if it, 
it's every one of us, we have a personal journey, right? I love deer hunting, and my journey is a little bit different than others. And I don't knock a guy who doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to use lighted knocks, and he doesn't want to use rangefinders. That's great. But for the rest of us, what I want to do is incre- increase my opportunity and my success rate and enjoy myself while I'm doing it. Right. Okay. All right. Now, kind of going back to the technology side of things, I mean, you guys have... You know, I can remember using the very first Ozonics that looked like a, a, a DVD player, right? It was huge. It, it, it weighed a lot. And since then, you guys have just continued to evolve, uh, done your research, your development into you know, your brand new product. But what are you guys thinking about? when it's time to upgrade your technology and make something better than the previous model? Well, a lot of times, you know, the, when you boil this down to the simplest concept, the, the, you have to, in certain situations, the, the, and if you want to destroy the most odor, you have to have more ozone. So we're always trying, and there's a fine line between your ability to produce ozone for certain periods of time and produce more ozone, right? So meaning if I drive the unit harder to produce more ozone to, to, to increase the odds that I'm going to destroy all of your odor, not just alter and reduce it, but destroy, well, then I reduce the battery life. And so it's a constant battle on our side to figure out ways to increase ozone output while maintaining a, enough battery life that it makes sense for, for a guy. In other words, he's not having to change batteries every two hours. He can get a six-hour hunt in or he can get an eight- or ten-hour hunt in and, and have the protection he needs from sick control. So that, that's the most basic. The rest of things get, get more fun. Like, um, Well, and let me back up. There's another basic element that we're constantly working on, and that's the reduction of, of the white noise created by the unit. It, I've never seen it bother a deer, but for the hunter, for me personally, even in the woods when it's dead quiet, I can hear the fan. And so a journey that we've been on, and, and let me back up, it's not the fan that you hear, it's the production of ozone. Right. So meaning when you, the, when you force air over that electrified coil and the cracking of an O2 molecule, that's the noise that the unit produces. So that's why on standard mode, it's quieter than when it's on boost mode or when it's on dry wash mode because the dry wash mode is even pumping out more ozone for short periods of time. So it's slightly louder in that mode. That's the production of ozone. So that's another um, research and development area that we spend a lot of time trying to to work on and for next gen thinking how how we reduce that and eliminate that right and then the fun things are just how do we continue to to build a unit in a way that's that's friendly to the hunter it's lightweight he can carry it anywhere how does he how does he charge batteries how do we get batteries to run longer those those type of things right what kind of or do you have an example of feedback that you've gotten from uh, customers or users that directly translated into a, a different option or a, an upgrade or a, a tweak on one of your products that came to fruition? Oh, yeah, certainly. For, for, um, obviously, we've got guys all the time that ask for more ozone. And, and I, I, the HR200... The HR100, even the one the unit referred to, produced enough ozone to, to accomplish the mission. But there were certain situations where you needed more, and so we came out with the HR300. And now with the uh, with the introduction of the Orion, we have what we call a hyperboost mode that meets that need. But that that another thing, um, if you remember, our mounting system was a quarter twenty um, threaded mount, and it was very difficult to do in a tree. And a, a lot of consumers, you know, where there was a lot of feedback on that. And a lot of guys sent ideas in. And uh, so that evolved into our easy mount system that, that all of the units now come standard with and where you pop on, pop off with a friction lock. So much easier to utilize in a tree and, and in the dark. And then with the Orion, too, if you notice, we have a new rubber over mold with uh, 
with a soft grip touch and, and these raised uh, indentions across the top. That so it's much easier to hold it with gloved hands, or maybe when it's heavy dew, heavy fog, or even in the so uh, a light snow, because you don't want to drop a, a four or five hundred dollar unit out of the tree while it, while you're trying to either set it up or or take it down. So those are, those are three things I can point directly at that have come from consumer feedback. Right. How does moisture affect this unit? Well, it's a it's an electronic unit, and because we have to force ambient air over a, 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 an exposed coil, it, I mean, we can waterproof the electronics, but we can't waterproof the coil and the connections at that level. And so you don't want to get it wet. Now, in light or in heavy fog and in light snow, maybe even a, a real light mist because of the angle of the unit. If your unit's angled at 30 degrees like it should be, a lot of the, the unit's designed so it'll shed that. But if it gets any heavier than that, guys really need to, to pull it out of a tree from a, a just a purely functional issue so you don't short out your unit or, or, uh, or ruin it. Um, from an application issue like heavy fog, because the air is so dense with water vapor molecules that your ozone is being used up at a much rapid, much more rapid pace because it's interacting with those vapor molecules. So what happens, but in heavy dense fog, typically there's no wind. So all of your odor is typically falling straight to the bottom of the tree. Well, you just, that's where you dump your ozone is straight down toward the bottom of the tree. Gotcha. So you, you do have a new product uh, called the Orion uh, what was it last year or two years ago, you came out with the HR 300. What's the, what's the difference? What's the upgrade with the Orion? What's new about the Orion? So we actually came out with the HR 300 in uh, January of 2016. So three full seasons ago, this is actually, so we're going into the fourth and the main differences with the Orion is the fact that we have a new mode in it called Hyperboost, and Hyperboost will produce 20 up to 25% more ozone on demand. Um, so, so for those, you know, that first 30 minutes of the morning when you just would feel more comfortable knowing that's prime time or that last 30 minutes of the day, if the, you have the option of really just hammering out a ton of ozone. Um, it also comes with a, an extended life battery standard in the Orion. Part of that is to offset the use of Hyperboost because it does take more battery life. You can get a, between six and a six, six and a six and a half hours of battery life um, if you run the, the unit in Hyperboost from start to finish. You still get eight hours in boost mode and ten hours in standard mode. So it's twice the battery life with a standard unit. You know when you buy it. Um, and then you've got some of the ergonomics, just like I said, the rubber over mold across the top that makes it much easier to grip and quiets it down. So every one of us archers, you're climbing a tree, you got your release on, we've all done it. You, you hit your top of your HR 300 and it makes a hollow noise, right? It's metal and plastic. This helps dampen that along with uh, obviously much easier to grip and hang on to. So those are the primary differences, and, and it's just simply the fact that I think it's the best-looking unit we've produced thus far. Gotcha. All right, so aside from the actual unit that you take into the tree with you, what other uh, products or accessories do you have that go along with that? So the, the primary one that we have, that obviously we have some mounting systems. We have extension arms, but the, the primary uh, – product I would recommend guys have, and that's the, that's the dry wash bag for treating your gear pre-hunt, post-hunt with ozone. And it, it's, it's a portable closet that you can hang anywhere. Your unit, the same unit you hunt in the tree with is the same unit you use in your dry wash. And you would, uh, you simply turn it in there. You use our dry wash mode, a mode we came up with where much like washing clothes with bleach. If I dump a gallon of bleach in a washing machine, I'm going to ruin all my clothes. But if I Use a cup of bleach on the right cycle. I'm going to clean and deodorize my clothes. And ozone is no different, except it's far more powerful than bleach. And so we use the dry wash mode to to control the the oxidation and the molecular process using massive amounts of ozone, and then diluting or filter, cleaning that up and shutting off the molecular reaction 
with fresh air and that cycles an automatic cycle. So you, you know, you come in from hunting, you turn your clothes inside out, you hang them inside the closet, you turn it on, it runs for 10 minutes. It shuts itself off. You come back, turn your clothes right side out, run it on a 10 minute cycle, leave it zipped up when you're ready to go hunt. Maybe you hit it again and freshen them up or maybe, or you can just pull them out, put them on and, and get after it. Gotcha. So that's the primary thing. We also have a, we're sold out right now, um, but we, we also have a, uh, a backpack so you can, what I call it, it's the kinetic pack that you utilize to get to and from your pickup truck to your stand, from your stand back in your pickup truck. So many people don't under, they, they underestimate the importance of that ingress egress to the success of your hunt. A lot of people ruin their hunt on the way into the stand and don't even realize it. Yeah. Access. Yep, absolutely. All right, here's your pitch, buddy. Um, if somebody is either considering, you know, either considering buying or, uh, you know, they have X amount of dollars and they're looking to purchase something that's going to increase their, you know, their likelihood of uh, connecting with a big deer this year, why should they purchase an Ozonix? Well, we covered it earlier. There's no other product, I believe that maximizes existing opportunity better and, and very, very few products that will create opportunity where it didn't exist before. And our product does that. And it's the most effective scent control out there. You can control your noise. You can control sight by hiding. You never could control your odor until now. And you can do that all day long with an Ozonics. We've been proving it for 12 years. If you guys want to find out more information about Ozonics, visit ozonicshunting.com. Now, the next conversation that we have is with Dan Drake of Scent Crusher. And the first question I ask him is to explain the 10,000-foot view of what Scent Crusher is and what they're all about and what their products can do. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for letting me be part of this and talk to the hunting community. You know, really the genesis of Scent Crusher started in 2011 or 12. We started um, down that road with two guys from NASA and developed a series of products to kill bacteria on sports fields, which ultimately took us into kind of the stink that, you know, sits in sports, stinky hockey, football, soccer stuff. And, and that was the genesis of what started us and our expertise. So we spent a small fortune developing those products and really the hunting side has kind of been the benefactor of that. And, and I think you've seen from the very beginning, the way we've approached it is, is unique in the industry. We know that, uh, ozone and specifically the way you um you the way you generate it and that technology and and there are differences but um in a combination with how you use it uh, is very beneficial to to masking a human odor for the deer And, and for us when we started we really wanted to have a complete system that wrapped around you from from items that you could use in your truck as you're going to the stand to to that closet in your garage to further have something that takes care of the stink in the car or just in your hunting cabin. So, you know, we developed a full line of those products and I, you know, I think that's what's, you know, what's made the difference for the hunter. Yeah. I mean, you think about the car alone, it's really the stinkiest place you are, um, you know, with food and dogs and kids and everybody would wash their clothes and do all the stuff they could. And then they get in that stinky car, you know, and drive to their stand. So, you know, we believe it's kind of all the elements uh, um, of what we do and really that continued work that we have with the military and NASA that, that helps us kind of stand out for the benefit of the hunting community. Gotcha. So, you know, as time goes on, you guys start started developing new products. What are some of the, the what's the thought process like when you guys go to introduce a, a new product under the, the Scent Crusher line? Yeah, so it's really a combination of two or three things. Um, we're we're pretty sensitive to to how a hunter uses the products and price points that get there, and then we team that with kind of our our NASA military stuff that we're doing to see how we can use that technology and drag it back into this market. So we spend a lot of time with our hunting teams talking about how they use it. You know, how could 
we change that? How would it be easier for them to use? You know, I was with Mark Drury uh, over the weekend. I know you spend a fair amount of time talking with the Drury team, and and we were talking about opportunities that they had and where they could use it. And um, you know, Mark had a had a house that he doesn't go to very frequently um, for turkey season, and and he had a giant water lake that ended up gutting the entire house because he wasn't there. And we spent part of the time talking about how he can use his ozone product to take care of the mold that sits in the pro- in the house as well as save some of the artifacts and hunting clothes he has in there using our process so it's you know it's it's not about creating obviously products that, that take care of, of moldy houses but it's about talking to our teams and figuring out okay what do they need and, and i think you've seen us generate that stuff you know the request we we rolled out a new ozone max for the car a couple years ago you know what we figured out is um you know that smell of ozone people were okay with you know originally in the beginning we were worried about that and it's a safe amount we're probably one of the only people that measure that stuff but it was a safe amount and they were having bigger vehicles um, and they like that fresh smell kind of after a rainstorm. So you saw us generate that. You saw us generate um, a smaller travel closet that people could pick up and take to their um, cabins and use, uh, you know, and continue to go from there with, you know, with other ways that people travel with their, uh, with their articles. So, gotcha. gotcha. Now, you know, kind of going, you know, I talk to a lot of people in the hunting community every single day. And there's this fine there's this fine line where there's people who embrace new technology like this, and then there's the guys who are, oh, this is taking woodsmanship out of it, and you know the the naysayers. Mm-hmm. What would you have to say to someone on the naysayer side about the the technology that O O three yeah. brings? Well, you know, I think it's technology like anything else, but if you think about the amount of time, energy, and effort that you spend hunting, the dollars it costs, all the time you invest in food plots and scouting and stuff, why would you want to be the most effective that you could be as you take time from your family and your work and our busy schedules and the thousands and thousands of dollars you have invested in lease and land and equipment and and mineral and and food for the deer. So um, I think it's another tool that they get to use. And it's a tool just like they've seen before that started from, you know, looking at the wind direction that that comes off your phone and looking at barometric pressure to in the beginning using scent lock type of clothing, which you don't have to use now to kill that scent. You know, it's really, you know, what's the next evolution? People are buying, you know, compound bows they used to use, you know, regular long bows. I just think it's an evolution of that. And, and for me, and I think I'm probably like a lot of guys, and you were talking about your kids earlier, you know, there's a finite amount of time for, for family and everything today. And um, you, you certainly want to use the technology where you can to have an advantage. Absolutely. So let's talk yeah. about the, the product specifically right now. Walk us through. Let's just say a guy had every product that you used, right? Yeah. Walk us through like a routine that a guy would get into if he was using uh, scent crusher gear. Certainly. So I think it all starts with washing the gear. So we have an item called the Wash O3 where we inject ozone into the washing machine um, to clean your gear. And I actually use this every day for my clothes. If they aren't super dirty, you don't have to use detergent anymore. Use cold water. So I think it starts with that product. And you take those clothes and you go from there and you store them in your closet, um, which is in your garage or in your hunting cabin. You're able to, to generate ozone there. And from there, it goes into a bag, um, which you either travel with. It's a roller bag or a backpack or um, a gear bag and it goes in the back of your truck. And for me, that's really kind of the heart to the system. So I throw my clothes in that bag and I plug it in the cigarette lighter and I hit the button and I run a 15 or 30 minute cycle on the way to the stand. Um, and while I'm doing that, I have an ozone go that's running in my truck or my car and it is killing all that sense of the French fries, and the gasoline fumes and the kids and the dog that sit in there at the same time as you drive the stand. So you get to the stand, you get out, and I'm generally um, dressed in just my base layer. Some guys 
different about where they go. I want their base layers being crushed also. But I put on my clothes, and then you've got you can smell kind of that residual ozone that's on you as you go to the stand. So you go to the stand, you hunt, um, and and you're really protected. And you can see deer around you at 360 and really amazing stuff because you have crushed every little scent atom doing this process. You come back to the car um, and you're able to strip your clothes down and either put them in the bag or drive home in those clothes. And I'll tell you, I was you know, kind of the worst I'd come out and I'd just be starving. And before, you know, I was like, okay, I can't go into the local gas station, and grab a, you know, grab a hot dog, or I'm definitely not going to walk into Wendy's, you know, and get a cheeseburger. I'm starving. Now I go to breakfast when I come out of the stand in my camo, you know, and people would be shocked. But the truth is you don't have to wash your clothes for four hours now, dry them and hang them out. They just go back in the bag and I hit that button again when I'm headed back to the stand and I know they'll be perfectly sanitized. And, you know, it kind of, again, it goes back to our technology and our stuff is I've seen based on our timing and our concentrations, the way our bags are designed and stuff that we kill all of these different bacteria that are sensitive to deer's nose in independent third party lab tests. So the way we've designed our stuff, the way we test our stuff I know what the capabilities are and you can do those kinds of things. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you guys offer mm-hmm. a basically a product for every step along the way for being scent free as far as to and from the tree stand. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you know, we've got others some people like to use a tote, so we've got a tote. Some people like to use a big bag. We've even got a pro line series that's based off our military stuff that are bigger totes that can be locked in the back of your truck. They're bigger closets, they're military grade backpacks and roller bags. So it's really kind of wherever you are in your one price point or, or hunting regiment. Right. Yeah. We tried to cover it all as well as we could. Okay. So let's talk about mm-hmm. a guy who has never used ozone in any type of scent, you know, his scent regimen. What would you recommend as one of the first products that he needs to pick up to test it out to really right. see if he wants to hunt with O3? Sure. So, um I think it's it's the ozone go. I think as soon as you plug that into your car for a $50 price point, you go Oh my God, I can't smell that nasty milk smell or whatever was in there before you go, I get it now. You know, it, it's not magic. It's, it's not fooling. And then I think e- either at the same time, if they have a big enough budget and want a full look at it or shortly after, then I think people see them get a bag, you know? And the great thing about the bag is you can use it and test it yourself anywhere along the way. So you can take your stinky flip flops or your, your daughter's, shin guards or your your son's football jersey and throw it in there and go oh my you know this works the the actual test i do when i go in and talk to different buyers and stuff is i take a shirt and cigarette smoke and one in skunk and we pull it out and let people smell it i put it in the back for 15 minutes we have a conversation i pull it out afterwards and they're just you know you get to see it work so i think those are really kind of the two items that you're able to kind of self-test and and see and then buy into how the rest of the products work for you from there right okay so i'm not a i'm not a scientist right so i i couldn't Mm -hmm. you know i'm I'm not going to sit here and say that you know ozone is bad here and it's good here and whatnot but there are um correct me if i'm wrong but uh o3 is it has corrosive properties correct it does it at certain concentrations. Oh, at certain yeah. concentrations. Okay. So, yeah. And um, it's also toxic to humans at certain levels. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, how do you yep. guys make that right. safe for not only yep. our, our body, but for our gear as well? Sure. So, I would say we're probably the only ones. I know we're the only ones that have NASA scientists on board. Our, our guys built the International Space Station water system and ozone in the 80s 70s and 80s so we're the only guys that take that knowledge 
and understanding and then add testing on top of it. So ozone at really high levels can cause um, some effect to the lungs and those kinds of things. We're the only people that design our bags and our products under what are regulated government levels. So OSHA and the EPA regulate what those safe levels are, and then we test to those um, to show that they're safe. And then the other thing we do is then we go and we independently test a bunch of gear. And the stuff that people have effect with from the gear at different different levels are um, really are pure rubber or elastics that are generally exposed. So we've seen most rubber and elastic today is a mixed compound. It's not pure, so there hasn't been any effect to it. The one thing that we have seen some effect to is Sitka has some some, um, straps that were exposed rubber um, that we saw some effect to early on, even though we say in our directions, you know, to run short cycles on it, test it and, and stuff. But I'll tell you what happens is, is, People believe in this technology so much. Sika came to us two years ago and redesigned their straps to use a composite elastic and compound so ozone doesn't affect it anymore. So um, we try to test all that gear out there in conjunction with some manufacturers or independently so we know how to do it. Any place that there is some bibs or straps or those kinds of things, we have a special bag that you can put them in and stitch them up. So they aren't exposed to ozone if you think there's a worry to that. And, you know, ozone's a little bit like bleach, kind of, from the fact that, um, you know, you can run short cycles. A lot is not necessarily better, but it's not harmful either, the way we've designed stuff. Um, So you can go run a 10-minute cycle, and it's just as effective as a 30-minute cycle. Right. Right. You know, for killing that bacteria. Okay. All right, so on a, on the customer service side of things, um, you guys are in a lot mm-hmm. of retail stores all over the U.S. Let's say yeah. somebody has a question or they, they say that their product isn't working right. What do you recommend yeah. they do to get a hold of someone with Scent Crusher to have their problem solved? Sure. So there's an 800 number. That rings to the desk downstairs from me. Um, we have a dedicated team of customer service people that, and I check this during the season, will get back to you almost always the same day. If it's late in the day, they get back to you in the morning. Right. But they understand the products as well as I do, um, and they will handle it straight on. You know, this this kind of way where, you know, these giant companies and giant conglomerates start outsourcing this stuff to India and whatever. Our people know the products, trust them. They answer the question for you, and the and if you need a replacement product, they take care of it, and it goes out that night. Awesome. All right. So yep. then, as far as additional feedback, can you can you provide us with an example? And I think you kind of already did with the sick of straps, but maybe an example of how feedback from the hunting community led you to change or design a new scent crusher product. Sure. So I think, you know, the bigger ozone goes, and bigger cars and concentrations to take care of that stuff to the way we've, you know, we've added a, a bag to take care of any straps you've had for that stuff to bigger, you know, they were, they loved the product so much. They wanted to travel with it more, but they wanted more rugged bags. So we, we took our military series of stuff and developed a pro series. So now we've got a, a roller bag that you can put your bow in the bottom of travel you really have to carry less stuff now because you don't need a couple sets of gear you can just you know crush it every night for 30 minutes as you do it so um, we developed some really high-end travel bags um, for people because we were seeing that kind of feedback from the teams and then you know we've got some new products that are coming that are uh, that we're excited about for next year that you know kind of came off of that feedback and and how people are doing stuff awesome so where do you yeah. see the involvement of ozone and O3 moving forward within the hunting community and like just the products that are going to be released, maybe not just with scent crusher, but as far as the industry mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah. You know, I, I think people are understanding that it works, that, that you're, you're able to, um, you don't ever give up wind direction, 
But now you realize when a deer gets behind you and it didn't smell you, you're like, holy cow, this stuff works. So I think people are accepting it. I think because of our products, there's been a bag or a closet in every camp the last couple of years, and 10 other people got to see it, and they see how it works. And, you know, the feedback we get is, oh, they wanted to use our closet all night or bag all night because they could smell it and see it. So I really just think hunters are being exposed to it, and they trust it, and they understand it belongs to be in their arsenal just like the set of clothing used to be right. or, um, you know, another weapon or something like that. They trust it because they have buddies that are using it now uh, and giving testimonial to it. Right, right. What was that? Yeah. What was the education on the public like? I mean, uh, I've talked with some other companies and some other people, and it was kind of – it sounds like it was kind of an uphill battle. Well, you know, we um, – it is an uphill battle. You're taking new technology that kind of – you can't touch it, feel it, taste it, you know, really. So uh, you've got to educate the public, and we spent a lot of time, energy, and money um, in, on the marketing side to educate the public about what we do. Um, what we haven't done is educate how we do it different than the rest of the world. I think I spoke to that a little bit, kind of the background. But early on, um, you know, it took a lot of, of showing the people how it worked and, and sponsoring some teams so they could show the world how it worked on TV and, and stuff too. And, you know, it continues to be an education process. I think the curve is not as steep now because – We've been, you know, doing this for the last three or four years. And, and I think you've seen some other companies kind of join the fray this year as uh, they go, oh, my God, this stuff really works. And it really legitimizes the whole process of, of how ozone works and the way it works for the hunter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So a guy's listening to this podcast. He wants to find out more information about Scent Crusher and the products you guys carry. Yeah. Where do we send them? You can go to scentcrusher.com or you can go to any of the retailers we're at from Bass Pro, Cabela's, Menards, um, Walmart, a whole host of farm and fleet guys to your local dealer and look at the products, talk to the specialist behind the counter and, and learn more about it. I would like to take this moment to thank Buddy and thank Dan for taking time out of their day to hop on the podcast and uh, talk about their respective companies and Ozone in general. I am a big fan of Ozone. I know there's a lot of guys out there who are, a lot of guys out there who aren't, but uh, you know, just like any hunting product that we talk about on this in this podcast, go out, do your own research and see if it's something that fits in your I guess, scent control regimen. Uh, like I said, I'm a huge fan of it. And um, I think you guys would be surprised, and if I'm being honest here, I think you guys would be surprised if uh, you, you know, you started to dabble in ozone just a little bit. So uh, keep an eye out for those two companies, whatever. Uh, make your own decisions, do your own research. And I think that that's a lot that has to do with it. What you're going to find out about this podcast is we're, we're not really telling you what to purchase or what to do. However, we want to educate you on the, you know, what options are out there and you got to do your own research. You got to know your own budget and then, uh, see if it's right for you. And then as always, I would love to see your guys's or hear your guys's feedback on how you use ozone or and what your scent control regimen is throughout the you know throughout the year but uh go to the sportsman's nation instagram page the sportsman's nation facebook page and when we post this i'd love to hear your comments your thoughts your feedback on whether you do or do not use ozone in uh in your hunting strategy so i really appreciate you guys taking the time to hop on or uh and listen to these podcasts uh i i'm starting to become a gear junkie like i said the older i get and uh, this kind of just scratches an itch for me uh there's a lot more coming i know that we're going to be talking about broadheads in the upcoming future we're going to have a part two of clothing and layering systems when i can get uh some more people on a schedule and then other than that 
man, the sky's the limit. There's so many different hunting products out there. There's so many different applications. And uh, the goal is to, in some way, shape, or form, talk about them all. So if you have any suggestions that you want on this uh, podcast, you know, go leave your comments or DM me through the Nine Finger Chronicles or through the Sportsman's Nation. But most importantly, make sure you guys are subscribing to the Hunting Gear Podcast on iTunes or wherever you download your uh, podcasts. Or you can listen to it on the Sportsman's Nation Big Game Feed or the Sportsman's Nation Whitetail Feed as well. Again, make sure you're subscribing to that as well. Other than that, man, hopefully everybody has a great rest of their week, a great weekend, and uh, hunting season is... uh, is getting close so make sure you're practicing with whatever weapon uh you're gonna you plan on using and uh i guess we'll talk to you next time